this is episode 19 of a chosen people podcast with special guest emily pennington on the topic of why you need more rest part two talking about like you personally are going through hardship you don't desire comfort you desire problem solving is that correct yeah i think yeah there's probably something deeper there um, but that's like definitely <laughs> like like if i can just logically understand why mm. this is happening then maybe i'll feel a little bit better um, right, 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 right yeah so i think that's definitely something that i like i do and like in just like a way to kind of like grasp control um mm. Yeah, there sense. are situations where I'm like just like really hurting and it's like I don't like just sit with me in my pain. Um, mm. And there's also times where it's like like I'm just really confused and I'm like, please just like help me understand this. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes like, you know, I think we need a, a perspective change. Um, a lot of times when we're facing, well, at least when I'm facing different um, issues or things that, you know, are going on that I'm not really 100% sure how I'm supposed to handle it. Sometimes talking to people give me a completely different viewpoint on it because they're standing from a different perspective. Um, a lot of times it hurts though, you know, when I'm talking to somebody and they kind of speak out of either ignorance or just not understanding, like they say like, Oh, you know, have you like tried talking to the person or how you, you know, tried praying about it? Like, like, like the very either like passive or easy. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm coming to you, with that certain issue, right? And I'm being very vulnerable, I'm being honest as I was talking about, right? There is a like 95% chance that I probably have thought about all the easy solutions like before mm-hmm. coming to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for myself, you know, at least because I try to fix a lot of my problems um, on my own. And sometimes, yes, that works, but then a lot of times it doesn't. And like, if I'm trying to fix my problems, then at least I'm going through a whole number of different scenarios and different. Um, I guess, like options that I have. And if I don't really feel like I have a lot of options or my options are not clear, I'll go to somebody and I'll talk to them. So the options are probably there if they're not too easy. But when I have other things, you know, like that people say like, oh, they'll talk about like, oh, have you thought about maybe like, you know, like not talking to them, maybe just talking to yourself and seeing what, you're handling like if you can actually if you have the ability to do all these things or if you're just stretching yourself too thin and that'll give me that that makes things easier because i'm looking i'm not looking outwards and on how i can be able Mm -hmm. to fix it from the outside and that really Mm -hmm. changes a lot of my um situations or a lot of the things that i'm that i'm that i'm worried about it i think it definitely helped me last semester um with my different class you know like my professors and getting angry at them uh, for different things, but looking inward. And then I was able to like succeed, which I think was mm-hmm. amazing, but only because I changed the things from the inside. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. And I mm. think different perspectives are definitely super helpful. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you have a, like a specific scripture or biblical story or trope that kind of builds upon your conviction for the necessity of rest? Yeah, I think that's a super loaded question because um, <laughs> I think there's so many things that I could pull from the back of my mind. Um, like, do you have like a specific like things. one, or do you have like maybe like a handful you can remember? Or yeah, maybe I definitely which have ones? A Let me think about it. <laughs> yeah, which ones like impact you the most out of all of them? Yeah, um, let me think. So the first one that kind of comes to my mind is John ten ten, um, hmm. where it talks about. Um, like the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give right. you life and life to the full. Um, mm. And I think like rest is like part of the puzzle of like life to the full. Mm. Um, and like then Jesus wishes us to have good health. And like it's very hard to like have life to the full when you're like breaking at the seams. Um, yeah. And like just to even imagine that like Jesus wants to give us pleasurable things, like our life isn't supposed to be so overwhelming and and like gut-wrenching that we're like 
trudging through every day. And like, there's definitely seasons of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, That's interesting though. Like, I mean, I, I want to talk about like the, like the first half of that scripture though, where it talks about like the devil has come to like seek, kill and destroy. Do you think that that destruction comes from like the inside from like working ourselves too hard? I think workaholism is definitely like an act of the devil. Like if I can uh, be completely honest. Um, right. I think it is. It's like one of the biggest things like busyness. It's like commonly said busyness is the killer of Christians. Like it's. Wow. And absolutely something like we were talking about with the car analogy, like whatever I can do to like cuff my ears, like to what's <laughs> going on in my life. Like, and mm. oh my gosh, this gets me so in the, in the podcast I sent you this subversive Sabbath, he mm. says in the beginning of like, people are like, I never rest because the devil never rests. And he's like, <laughs> when have we ever wanted to find out what Satan was doing and like do that? Like, when have we ever wanted to follow Satan's example on something like this? Exactly. It just, it makes me angry. Yeah. We're not intentionally trying to follow him. I think that it's just, we're chasing different things that aren't necessarily God. So by definition, it's chasing Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Kind I of. wouldn't say I it's mean, chasing Satan. I think it's yeah. kind of like, it's like falling into his trap because I I think like, I don't think any of us are willingly trying to do that. I think it's like, I think Satan definitely uses our busyness as like, just like a perfect little escape. um, Yeah. Of like, if you're so invested in this, then you can't really pay attention to like your relationship with Jesus and Mm -hmm. like opportunities for you to help the people around you and like really kind of like know what it's like to walk by the spirit and be in step with the spirit. Because mm-hmm. then your your priorities are not like the spirit anymore. Your priorities, like we, I think that we need to fight, of course, to keep God number one. That's one of the things that I think the Bible definitely highlights uh, for mm-hmm. us to do. And when we look at the other things that seem more productive or efficient or um, produce more money, right? Like like getting a job and like you know going to school and being invested, then our number one priorities. It, it changes it changes from god originally to those other things you know and we think that those things are great because we're able to physically see them i think that mm-hmm. the absence of god being physically present i think is a lot is it's a, it plays a big part in what we decide to to do to continue to keep on following god and also to not being able to hear from him like we depend upon our five senses so much that that's kind of what we base our like beliefs upon and our understandings upon about how the world works. But because we can't hear or see God, it's very difficult to want to put our trust in something like that. And instead we try to put our trust in money and put our trust in education because we can see the fruits of that, at least in other people's lives, um, more than we can see the fruits of what can happen when we choose to follow God instead. Do you have anything anything else maybe like a are there any stories in the bible maybe that you've um heard that maybe some warrior like depended upon rest or decided to act passively and then didn't and then was able to find victory within not being yeah so So i think more grand scheme less than like one like perfect biblical trope I think I could probably come up with one if I did a little bit more digging. Um, Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing for me that I see is kind of like rest was like a way of Jesus's life, like including Sabbath, but also like going through the gospel of Mark, like literally Jesus balanced out the time that he spent explaining himself with people, like with time alone with the father. Um, Mm -hmm. And like he regularly practiced Sabbath and like it was like literally just a way of his life. Um, And so I think rest in the same way. Like to embody the characteristics of Jesus, we embody his way of life. And through that is embodying rest. Um, right. I think that also, too, we can attribute it to a specific story, the story of him in the in the boat, right, during the storm when everything was going on. Mm-hmm. The fact that he was resting. I think that we look at that and sometimes we think of it in the comedic sense, as I did, you know, from like my youth. Just always think like, oh, that's funny. Like, you know, he was sleeping kind of and he got up just like told the wind of the waves to be quiet and then it happened right there's a reason why he was sleeping on the boat with his friends in the first place um you know he probably would have been having fun with them would have been enjoying his time with them but i mean he was finding the time in the middle of the day i don't think that they were doing it at night like most likely they probably weren't who knows yeah i think with that too jesus 
being fully God was also fully human. Um, mm-hmm. and, and with that comes like the basic human needs. Um, yeah. So I think Jesus embodying rest is like teaching us how to respect our humanity and respect to that we are made in God's image. Yeah. I think that it was Coleman who said um, not too long ago on the interview that we had, uh, he says something about like how the Sabbath for him is a reminder of his identity as an image of God and that he's able to reflect on that throughout the day, not just, um, you know, trying to get sleep or whatever, not just watching Netflix, but recognizing that and recognize that even Jesus, I'm sorry, even God um, rested and took a break from creation on the seventh day. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. So um, as we talk about this, right, I'm kind of curious to know in the life of Emily Pennington, what things stop her from prioritizing rest as you feel like you should? Yeah. So you mean like what are like things that come up that can keep me from resting? Yeah. Yeah. Is like that what, what things, your question is? Like, do you feel like you um, find things to become busy with or do you like, you know, worry? What things are blockades from you ending up actually like taking a Sabbath or taking a break? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good question because um, I think rest is like a fine-tuned skill that takes a long time to kind of come about. Um, yeah, I think um, usually, well, I'm like in this really weird season of my life right now where I just like don't have a job um, mm. and like school is super easy. So my my life just like looks very different than it did in previous times um, where I was like, working three or four days out of the week and like taking a full load of classes and like things like that. Um, but I think I could say just in my general like personality type, I think I can kind of like operate under like people's unassumed expectations of me um, mm-hmm. without really kind of asking. Like one of my, the hardest things that I struggled with was like, um, yeah, how do I put this? So for a while I was like, um like on our little like leaders team for our campus ministry um and I was like I loved it like I was like super invested um and then it was like once I ended up having to like work more and like take more classes and like be more dedicated to my school because before I was like not really sure what I was going to do with my life um Mm -hmm. and I had the capacity and the freedom and my time to do that um but it was like as I kind of had to like figure out like it is okay for me to step back from this role um because it is becoming more draining for me. And I was kind of like operating under the sense of like, it's not okay for me to do that because if I do that, then I'm going to become less reliable. Um, Mm. Or if I do that, then like, I'm not going to be as invested in our campus ministry as someone would like me to be. Um, So I think like if I am finding myself kind of like operating from a place of anxiousness and insecurity and like people's image of me, that can really be like one of the biggest things that stops me from listening to my body. And also, I think similarly to that, like when I'm finding myself in a space where I don't feel safe emotionally, um, Mm -hmm. it's going to be really hard for me to like have any kind of like physical rest that's not like shallow or like like a rest that my body would actually need. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that comes with like addressing conflict in a healthy way um, and like listening to the things that like my body is telling me in terms of like problems that maybe I'm rug sweeping or like assignments that I'm procrastinating on. Um, but I think it's crazy, like emotionally and physically, our bodies and our brains are super connected. Um, mm. And like one of the biggest, indica- this it's crazy that like our bodies work like this, but like one of the biggest indicators for me that like I need to take time for myself. Um, it's like when I start to become like super overstimulated um, mm. or like I'm like really having a hard time, like in social situations because I just feel super drained. Um, mm. Wait, what does like and overstimulation so, feel like for you? It's very exhausting and I feel like crying most of the time. Oh. Yeah. Or like, like I can tell like sometimes like I just really wouldn't want to be touched. Um, and that yeah. was like something that was like, okay, I need to take a step back. Um, okay. Like like not just that too much is going on um, around you, but that like you feel like you have this responsibility, like you have all these responsibilities and they're piling up and you just. Like you'd feel more comfortable if you were like two people and if like the pressure wasn't only on you alone. Yeah, I think it's both. It's both for sure. Because I Mm -hmm. think whenever 
Like that's something that I can usually tell if I'm like super stacked in responsibilities or like super busy, then like the little social things become a lot more overwhelming. Um, mm. And then it does feel like, like the things in my environment are making me feel more stressed out. Mm. Um, so I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah. I figured so, honestly. Um, how long has it been since you stepped away from the leadership role in the campus ministry? Yeah, it's been, actually, it was around, it was like when I was going through my crisis of burnout. Right. Um, this time like last around, year? Yeah, yeah, it was, okay. it was like January, January oh. 2020. Um, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and then after, I think after a couple months, like Lens reached out to me, Lens and Julia reached out to me and, and asked me how I was feeling and if I would and be more like open to trying again mm-hmm. um just based off of what my schedule was and I think then it was kind of like okay let me figure out what I can do like if I need to work then I probably this isn't something that I'm going to be able to do um mm-hmm. but if I don't then I'm going to have a lot more of a capacity to do this um I, it gave me the space to kind of like figure out what my needs were first bef- like we talked about like giving what you don't have right um, so like I was operating in a place where I was giving something that I didn't have so then like taking the time away gave me the space to kind of like figure out like what can I give um, mm-hmm. and like what can, how can I be helpful in this way? Right, right. right. Like it was almost as if that um, that role was like a very heavy glass ball in all the balls, you know, that you were trying to juggle at once. And you kind of had to realize that either you let this thing continue to grow um, or you can be able to drop it so you can figure, focus on other things kind of figure out how to work with those and then jump back into it again. That makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Where, where I mean, it's cause you said that it's been about a year uh, since then. Do you feel confident still in your um, choice today? Or does some guilt still like follow you from what happened, even though it technically wasn't, your fault in the first place do you mean like stepping away yeah yeah is that what you're asking yeah mm-hmm. no i don't i don't at all because okay. i think who i was whenever i made that decision was hurting a lot um and there was probably a lot of ways that i wasn't helpful um mm-hmm. even though i wanted to be um and i think i don't regret it at all because i think without that like we talked about like rest being listening mm-hmm. um then i wouldn't have been able to kind of like address the things in my life that needed to be addressed and also like develop a deeper intimacy with Jesus so that uh, I can be like more helpful in a way now, uh, like way more helpful than I could have been then. And you feel like you're at that point now. At what point? Uh, like being able to be helpful in the way that you, you want to be helpful. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think I'm definitely I don't, I wouldn't say that there's like a place of arrival um, of like, mm-hmm. like I am at the most helpful that I could possibly be. Um, I see. But I think I definitely have been able to like narrow some things down and like figure out how to like communicate my needs in a way and, and also like be able to like pick up on the needs of the people around me and like how to be in service to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that takes like, I think that takes kind of clearing the table um of everything that's on it before and kind of like starting like from like a a fresh slate to be able to to try mm-hmm. it again it kind of sounds like uh like you were like an artist a little bit you know trying to kind of put together a picture you know with different paintbrushes and different slots and you kind of realized that where your final picture was going was not where you wanted it to be so obviously mm-hmm. you can't just like white out different spots you kind of had to remove the entire canvas and start from scratch again. And that takes a, that's probably, I think like what your breakdown was um, at the beginning from what I can gather. Maybe I'm, uh, I'm going to be a little bit wrong, but like, uh, like you kind of had to start from scratch again and put together which, you know, paint pieces go where and kind of like uh, knowing how to address yourself, address the things that you were going, you mm-hmm. almost like learned how to know yourself again so that you can be able to tell people who you are afterwards. And you got to know yourself better so that you can know what your needs and what your wants are um, to present day you. So that now present day Emily is kind of more well understood by present day Emily than 
past Emily. Do you feel like that's kind of... Yeah, like I think that's a really great... Yeah, that was a really great way of putting it. Because oh, it good. is kind of like clearing <laughs> the table, wiping the canvas of like... Mm-hmm. We, it's like hitting the reset button. I feel like that's really what it was. It's yeah. like, okay, what's working? Like, what I have is not working for me. Mm-hmm. And at this point, like, it's more detrimental to me than it is helpful. And since that time that you've kind of, like, made a hard reset, do you feel like now the trajectory on which your life is going is where you want it to be? Um, I think so, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever kind of had, like, a trajectory. Um, mm-hmm. Or like an like an ideal path of what I've wanted to do. Um, but like you feel pretty confident more so in where it's oh, going. Oh yeah. I, I okay. yeah, I do. I think That's I feel good. more confident in myself and, and if anything, like just more confident in my relationship with Jesus. Um mm-hmm. and I think that's really kind of like the only thing that I can see as yeah, like an important trajectory in my life. It sounds like it was super well needed. And this is a good time that we're talking about this too, because it was like literally after you kind of had this self realization in your life, like a bit of like a quarter life um, crisis, if you will, you know, like, I, I don't want to, yeah. you know, put like a, a comedic sense on it, because honestly, it doesn't sound like it, it was, it sounds like it was quite traumatizing. Um, but no, it, I definitely called it my midlife crisis. And then people oh. were like, you're not gonna die at 40. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, like, I wonder if it's like a if it's like a maturity thing, almost, because you are a very mature person, you know, having this happen early to you, not like trying to say that like midlife, like you were, you know, going to die at like 40. It's more, it's more like you might reach the maturity age of a 90 to a hundred year old at the age of 40, you know? Yeah. Is that's that a of, thought. So that, I mean, that's always a possibility because I feel like you're probably the most self-aware person that I know. And you've only kind of been on like this train for the past year and probably because you probably are also too the only person that I know that has like hit a reset button at this age um I think I know someone mm-hmm. who did that around like the age of like their like mid-30s kind of and they're you know living a very great life right now but maybe that is you know healthy for some people to do that um you know when they just feel like there's just too much going on like you see those people who um go from being like a crack addict to you know like finding God and getting baptized and like starting new and then like starting a church, you know, on their own, that in itself is kind of like a reset button. Maybe. Yeah, that is a very distinct reset button. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe in a way, I think that we all need to find either our times to hit that reset button, maybe not to the same degree where you're like throwing away the entire canvas, but maybe just, uh, you know, put some new swaths on kind of, you know, erase some different parts. Because the cool thing is that I believe that, when you're traveling through life, not everything is written in pen. I think there's things that are written in pencil. Not everything mm-hmm. is completely like just permanent and like sending us to a specific destiny, but rather mm-hmm. we're able to go back and fix it. Obviously, not like we can't literally go back in time and fix things that went wrong. Um, like you'll be able to erase it with the eraser, but like that faint mark of what it was before will always be there and you can either draw around it and allow people to you know be able to see that mistake but see also to which path you took that wasn't that same path or you can draw on it and distinguish it from view um and continue to go on even though it might not be the exact right path at least you're making progress towards Mm -hmm. where you want to be in the end goal so that's, I mean, it's a, it's a possibility. Yeah. I guess that's just kind of like how I see it. But um, yeah, I think the goal is to probably like be in tune with yourself enough that you can avoid having to hit a reset. Mm-hmm. But I think there's always going to kind of be like corrective courses that need to be taken. And I think yeah. that's where like prioritizing rest and prior, like listening to your body comes in. And also mm-hmm. like having people in your life that know you well enough to be able to say like, hey, I feel like you need to take some time to be alone. Um, mm-hmm. And like. I feel like you're kind of veering off traffic a little bit. Um, yeah. Like just people that know you well enough to kind of like see that that's going on. How, uh, how often do you kind of like become in tune with yourself? Like I'm thinking about it similarly, like to like, like to a guitar, kind of like how you have to tune it every now and then to yeah, make sure that yeah. it's on like the right pitch. Like how often do you tune yourself back to where you want to be? Yeah. Um, let me think about that. I think that's kind of hard. 
to tell, but I think usually that comes with Sabbath. Um, and then also something I've been doing recently is just like with the amount of time in my schedule, just like giving myself like unlimited time to be alone with Jesus um, and mm. like stepping away from all kind of stimulation. And re- I found this park um, in Tampa Palms, like mm. that just has like this dock that sits right over the Hillsborough river. And it's like Ooh. amazing. Um, and That's I've just like nice. given myself the time to go sit there and like leave my phone in my car. Um, mm. Like I brought my dog the first time and then I realized he was pretty distracting. So like I <laughs> leave him at home um, and just like give myself the space to just sit. Um, right. And it's like through that, like I, I'm like listening to like what's going on in my body and like checking away from simulation so that I can just like be alone with God and pray and like not have my mind going 900 miles per hour. Um, yeah. But really, I think stillness is like one of the biggest things, like being still so that I can like feel what I may be like emotionally repressing um, mm. and kind of creating the space for that to happen. And also like the space to do that with Jesus. Wow. So I think. Yeah, recently I've had more times at the river where I'm just sitting there um, mm-hmm. or like there's a lake in our apartment complex and I've really enjoyed just like sitting there alone. Um, mm. So you said that yeah. like you're there, you know, on your own. Sounds like a very solitary place, but also too that you leave your phone in the car. So part of Sabbath or part of genuine rest, would you say that the thief of that would be distraction? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it comes it comes in different ways because um, mm. I think I can leave my phone in the car or and like be completely distracted by something else. Um, mm. But I think that's like one of like it's just like the drift. It's like falling into Satan's trap of like being distracted. Um, yeah, I literally like yeah. deleted all of my social media yesterday <laughs> because um, well, one, because of finals, but also two, because I have like this sort of like six stage um, social media, like fast kind of that I'm going to be working off like the next like 365 days. I'm not sure how deep I'm going to go into it, but like basically every 60 days, I'm going to like re-download a different app, you know, depending on like how much I need it. Like the one that I messaged the most on is Snapchat. So I'll be re-downloading that in about like 60 days or so, or 58 days. And it's kind of in parallel to, um, to when finals will end. So I think it's like May 8th, something. I kind of told everybody that, you know, I'd be off for a little bit, but it's just because also too, like, I, I don't think it's healthy to like, just be on TikTok for three hours in a row, which I've done so often recently. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, don't tell anybody, but like, yeah, I literally (laughs) like on it for like, three or four hours kind of just, you know, it's like sitting around and like parts of it. I love how you said don't tell anybody, but we're definitely. Yeah. Like yep. <laughs> That's public. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> all the 7 million people in the entire, 7 billion people in the entire world. Please don't tell anybody else. <laughs> yeah. um, like I just, I feel like, and, and part of that will be, you know, because I'm taking a break from like my work, but my break was meant to be an hour and a half or an hour not stinking four hours like deep into the next like you know trend or whatever or like you know the, mm-hmm. the, the, the that sweater thing that people are doing now with like the um i don't know how to explain it like people they take they take like the hood off you know kind of and they step into the hood and they like jump oh, over. like pants yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, yeah like i don't i don't know how to explain it properly but i've, I've been seeing those are crazy uh to be honest with you it, it you know it, it is a thief of your time and also too it's a thief of i think my my quiet times too like i just I, I feel terrible when I'm just trying to like have my quiet time. And then I see like a message from one of my friends. So I pick up my phone. Then I get a notification from Instagram saying, yeah, you know, like your friend Tommy hasn't posted in a while. Go check out his new post. I just think, oh, it's harmless. I'll just go over there. Let, like his picture, go to the explore page and boom, 20 minutes have passed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's terrible. But I understand that. I think that distractions, not just like our phones, because I don't want to sound like a, a boomer, but um, I also feel like just, I think even worries and everything else that doesn't only, that, that takes away our attention from God is a mm-hmm. thief of our peace and is a thief of our, our focus, you know, with God. And it mm-hmm. probably is just healthy to, you know, literally turn off our phone, like, like, like shut it off and, or, or, or put it in our cars or put it like somewhere within distance, um, you know, from us, like somewhere far from just being able to pick it up with like our arms and uh, go on it for a little bit because we need to be intentional mm-hmm. with that as well. And that also too includes homework, 
I guess if I want to give some academic advice. Uh, but yeah, no, it's very hard to sometimes get off of these things because phones are very addicting. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, they can be. Um, but no, thank you for for kind of going over that too. I think that's gonna be something I'm gonna do. But um, one of my questions, another question that I was gonna ask was how taking the time to rest helps you to help others. And what's so funny is that I feel like that's like the majority of what we've been talking about today. So instead, yeah, um, probably should have made that one of the first ones, but it's fine. Uh, Instead, though, I wanted to ask in the past maybe month, let's say, how do you feel like you've been able to give to somebody with the energy that you derived from actually like, you know, from resting in the first place that you probably wouldn't have been able to give to them had you not rested? Yeah, um, I think that's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was debating if I was going to share this with people, but I just had this like crazy experience yesterday um, mm-hmm. where I I think I was talking to you about this a little bit yesterday before we started recording, but I like, so right now I'm just like living 100% off my student loans. Um, but I also have like made some money on the side doing Uber Eats. So I've kind of like padded my savings a little bit. Right. Shout um, out to and Uber we also Eats. just had like another, yep. <laughs> and then I just had another person move into our apartment. So my rent down, went down like significantly. Um, mm. So I'm kind of like just in a place where I have more like financial freedom than I have in a long time. Um, right. Shout out to Say Say. Yeah. Shout out to Say Say. <laughs> Dropping our rent down significantly. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I went to Walmart yesterday and I was like, I'm just stopping to get something. And I saw this woman who like was standing outside with her daughter um, and she like was holding a sign basically saying that she had lost her job um, and mm-hmm. was just kind of like asking for anything. Um, and I just went up to them and I was like, hey, what do you need? Like, what can I do for you? Um, mm-hmm. And I think if I had not like learned how to prioritize rest in the way that I did, I think I would have seen them and kind of like had that twinge of guilt that you feel of it's like, I know I see you, but I like really don't feel like helping you right now. Um, Mm. Or like, I'm just trying to like get done with this so that I can go on to the next thing. Um, Or even just like having the awareness to like see like people have needs, I guess. Mm. That sounds super broad and super abstract, but just like to be able to recognize. It makes sense. It makes sense. It sounds like, the rest that you have been giving to yourself or the, the you know, like, like the status that you were at with the rest that you've been giving to yourself allowed you to kind of have com- compassion that you wouldn't have had before. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like rest gives you as Emily Pennington um, more compassion or a greater ability to have compassion on other people? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely do. And I think a lot of it comes with empathy um, mm-hmm. of like being able to see like, I know how hard it is to like to struggle not knowing how much money you're going to have for the month Um, or like if you're going to be able to have enough money to kind of like pay your bills or like get groceries. And so I think like being able to like tune in to that time in my life where I was just so stressed out about everything and like in burnout trying to meet all of my needs like without getting help. Yeah. Um, Like I can just see, like I see them and I'm like, man, I feel your pain so hard. Like maybe not to the full extent of like, I lost my job and I have no financial security, Mm -hmm. but like that I just know that this is so stressful um, and this is so hard. And like, I want to be able to help you. Like, it's like, I just want to be able to like protect people from having to, to get to that point. Mm -hmm. I have to applaud you though, for like doing that, you know, like even though you might've not been like a completely like perfect, you know, spot, at least you asked. And yeah, I think we did talk about this before maybe off the air um but like the fact that you know you went up to them in the first place and you 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 went to them instead of you know like like waiting for them to come to you a little bit signifies that you really did have a level of empathy that i think most of us don't probably because we don't give ourselves enough rest but also because we're not all in the correct headspace that we need to be at that we probably would be at you know given that we have rest um, I know I've drawn a lot of, I know that we've drawn a lot of metaphors today, but this one kind of reminds me of, I mean, like you've, I'm assuming that you've played video games before, right? I think I saw that you had your DS and you put Nintendogs <laughs> and stuff. 
Um, so yeah, I like, did back in my in back in my elementary school days. <laughs> yeah, that was funny when I saw that. Um, but also, too, I think there was like a Kid Possible game in there too. My guess is that mm-hmm. with that game, right, with the Kid Possible game, you had a health bar, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're playing, you know, like usually when you have like, and this is for any video game, when your health bar is high, usually you're able to be more risky, like do more things that I guess could take away a significant number of hearts because you know that you're not going to like, mm-hmm. you know, die. Like you have enough energy, like you can be able to jump that distance or like, you know, like, like stay in like the fire for a little bit longer and like endure those uh, hearts being taken from you or whatever. Right. But when your hearts are low, like out of like the 10 that you're given, you have like two left, right? I'm thinking about like Lego Star Wars here. Um, you have like two left, right? Mm-hmm. That's when you're usually more defensive. That's when you're usually less, yeah. like taking less risk. You're not willing to like make those jumps that you need to or, you know, fight. Yeah, that. you're like living in scarcity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's actually, yeah, that's sorry. That's actually what I'm um, kind of meant to say. I was trying to draw what the actual word was but that's the perfect word scarcity yeah you're living in scarcity and because of that you're kind of just fending for yourself but because of where you were you know like had you had you not been resting um or had like you know been in a correct headspace that you were talking about that led you um to do what you did with the correct headspace then um you i don't think i think there's a good there's a higher chance that you probably would not have done what you did you know, because you were living in a scarcity mentality, because you were living, thinking that, well, thinking and feeling that you didn't have enough metaphorical hearts to give or metaphorical hearts mm-hmm. to, to to live on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, doing those types of things is, it's depleting in some way, but when you have enough energy to get through your day or to get through whatever you need, then it, in the grand scheme of your entire like health bar, it's taking out less than you think like you're able to afford to spend it more i think we have like a specific Mm -hmm. energy currency throughout the day and if we spend too much at certain parts then we're not able to to push off and if we're not getting enough rest then that you know we don't get to recharge we ourselves are batteries i believe and if we don't get Mm -hmm. enough of a charge then you know we we fall flat super easily and that impacts others that impacts even that family that um you met so Man, like, I feel like this has been a really good conversation today so far. Um, getting to know more about you and getting to know more about the topic of rest and how important uh, it is. Now I need to prioritize it more, like not just trying to push through my days to, to get as much work done as possible because I think that's how it's going to work, but also to making sure that I'm loving myself as much as I do love my neighbors uh, and not trying to be just this perfect person who's always getting mm-hmm. his work that are always being diligent just because that's what I think the success looks like. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, people that are listening will be able to take home other points that maybe even I forgot about, or maybe things that, um, you know, were said before that I, that I can't really bring to mind right now, but, uh, but thank you so much for, you know, for, yeah. for that. so I have uh, two more questions for you. One of them is just one that I ask everyone, but so the second to last one is a bit of a more relatable one to the topic for today. So out of everything we've talked about and out of your entire experience as a, you know, I'm going I'm to just say a rest guru because of how much, a imp- rest like, guru. yeah, <laughs> because of how much expertise you have, like all this, all this advice and like knowledge and know-how that you've given and how much you know yourself, you know? I think it's 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 profound and it is deemed it's it's deemable for you know to to to, to call you now a guru. Um but what do you feel like the most important lesson you learn is since you started to integrate meaningful rest into your life? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I think I have like a general idea. Um so I'm going to try to kind of like communicate it. Sure, sure. And like, please, like, ask questions if this sounds too abstract. <laughs> but I think what I'm like really feeling is like, like, our physical bodies are super spiritual, um, mm. and like, I think 
God has created our bodies in our like in a specific way, like what we were talking about earlier. I can't remember if we were recording or not whenever we said this, but just like how there was a design for like how our brains and our bodies were meant to be taken care of. Yeah. And like, oh yeah, that was off there. Not meant, yeah. Like, but when we don't have that, like there is a deficit, like there is like an, an apparent difference. Um, and like what is like our functioning level and like how we're interacting with the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like at the same time, like, there is so much more to like spirituality than just like morality of sin and like abstaining from sin. Like there's so much more to your relationship with God than just like trying to do right and avoid doing wrong, but like to really truly like step into like what Jesus's desires are for me um, and how like embracing rest is embracing healing. And like Mm -hmm. through just like embracing healing that I am like, getting back to the roots of like what Jesus intentionally had in mind whenever he created our lives. Um, right. Yeah. So that's super big. Um, mm, but I think that's is. just like yeah. why I feel like rest is like so integral to like so much of our lives because we can't, we can't get there if we're not listening um, mm. to our bodies and we can't like step into that without like paying attention to what Jesus is doing inside of us. Yeah. That's super heavy. Um, and I think that that's going to take me, a lot more time than, you know, in this just response time that I'm saying right now to be able to process entirely uh, what that means, you know, not just for myself, but for like humankind, because mm-hmm. it's, I think that I just normally think of myself as a physical being, someone with physical needs that goes to a physical school and has a physical family and, you know, lives a physical life. Um, and when I think about spirituality, I always think about it in terms of just you know, my prayer and God's power and the things that I technically can't see, right? But we ourselves, at least, you know, our consciousnesses that, which is actually pretty cool, can't technically be fully described by um, current science right now. Our consciousnesses are basically our souls, you know, and that's mm-hmm. like in a, in, a, in a sense what our spirituality revolves around. Um, yeah. There is no spiritual secular divide. Mm-hmm. Everything is spiritual. Yeah. Do you believe that everything is connected? Uh, what do you mean by everything? Like, um, not like a collective consciousness, but more so like the balance of life and how the butterfly effect works a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Have- absolutely. I think that's what part of like what environmental science is so appealing to me because it's like, we can totally see like there is no like nothing happens in a vacuum like mm. you i could go on forever like yeah. <laughs> just on like basic things and like how they affect the environment mm. like just like using soap and like how like we don't have the technology to kind of like know the impact of certain types of soaps mm. and like how that gets into the water stream and like literally disrupts our bodies wow. because we just don't know that they're bad enough to Jeez. like create limits on them um and things like that like everything is connected everything is recycled in it like in a good way or in a bad way but right yeah i think there's and even this is just such a huge topic i feel like you could go in forever but <laughs> i think just like going back to like the beginning of creation like genesis mm. 1 when we start with like creation was good and then sin entered the world and how we just have a dumpster fire and like yeah. everything like what i was talking about before of like sin being like our spiritual lives being less than like avoiding right and wrong, but kind of like taking our, our lives back to like what God originally intended. Um, mm-hmm. And through that, like healing the, the damaging effects of sin on our lives. Yeah. Like the destiny of humankind was not meant to be even where we're at right now. And it's funny because I think that a lot of us say that our lives are good, but it's only relative to what we know as good and what is as bad, right? The only reason why we're able to define what is good in general is because we know it's bad. And the only reason why we're able to define what's bad is because we know it's good. Um, But I mean, to imagine a land where we wouldn't even necessarily know the difference because we never ate from the the, the tree of the knowledge of uh, good or evil in general, I think it's it's to be able to, you know, to to, to really be able to see that. Um, It's, it's really, it is profound. It is profound. Like we can go over like a whole different um, mm-hmm. topic, maybe like another episode, you know, on this type of topic, but it's cool to think about. I think these are like the th- types of th- things that I think about when I like just look up at the stars sometime 
Like yeah. one of the things I really want to do in the future is just go stargazing, like be able to sit yeah. in like the back of like a truck or something or like on top of like a car and yeah. just like, just look at the vast expansiveness of the universe and just think about my place, how like I'm big yet so small. So like mm-hmm. so, so infinitesimally small. Um, yet I have meaning and yet God calls me to this weird like standard of living that actually will benefit me. Like it's just, it's very, it's very, it's very, you know, it's strange to think about and um, stuff, but I think that it's very important for everyone to be able to realize that in their given um, amount of years that they have on this earth, whether it's 20 years or hundred years, you know, you never really know, but then getting to know that and getting to know why we're here in the first place is very, very important. But um, yeah, I mean, I understand. I understand that full, full, and wholeheartedly that we are spiritual, and that we not only have physical needs when it comes to rest, but spiritual needs too. That our mm-hmm. our 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 quote unquote spirits can become fatigued, and we yeah. need to refuel yeah. them um, through this through the spiritual means, just as we do um, physical means like food. It makes sense. So. Um, Last question for you, right before we wrap this up, or as Lens likes to say, land the plane. <laughs> land um, the plane. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like he doesn't go like a, a single uh, sermon without without saying that towards the end. I'm gonna um, pay attention to that now. <laughs> oh, he does it every single time. He always does two yeah. things. He either uh, he always mentions throwing out the baby with the bathwater and landing the plane wow. towards the very end of it. He wow. always says, I've noticed that for like the past, I think maybe. Like a year or so. The the baby in the bathwater thing is kind of new, but every single time he ends his sermons, it's always for blaming. But don't tell him though, because I don't want to become like self-conscious about it. You'll see it. You'll see it. Uh, okay. As you yeah. say again on a public podcast. Exactly. <laughs> There's a small chance he might not listen, but you know, if he's listening now, yeah, just yeah. just know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But my final question before we land this plane, uh, if you can go back in time, right? And you can go to the day that you were baptized. You're able to see yourself uh, coming out of that water, which was actually, uh, wait, when was that? Like, which year? Um, I just had my four years in November. Ooh, nice. So yeah. let's it's see. Like fall 2017. Right, right. So for going back. I meant 2016. 2016. 20, wait, it's been four. No, it's been five, five years. It'll 20? be five years in November. Oh, that's true. Wow. 2017, yeah, five years away. Crazy. Or four no, sorry, 2016 will be five years away. Wow. Time is going fast. Right. Um, so you can go back to fall of 2016, right? Go back to that day that you came out of that water, right? After you've been baptized and you're able to give yourself advice on anything, right? What would you, what, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, that's a big question. Because mm-hmm. um, I think there's so many things. I remember being <laughs> terrified. The day that I got baptized, I was so afraid. Oh. I was so nervous. Afraid of what? Like, I was like, I'm going to screw everything up. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think one of the biggest things is like, man, I don't even know. Because, like, there was so much going on in my life. Mm. And, like, just so much that I didn't know. Um, but I think one of the biggest things would be just, like, that Jesus accepts me as I am. Um, mm. And I think that's something that I'm constantly learning and, and learning even more now than I have in a long time. Um, and there was kind of like a lot of like anxiety and insecurity, like centered around being enough. And I think that's where the compulsive busyness comes into was like, I need to make sure that I am enough by doing everything that I can to take care of myself. Um, mm. And so I think just like being able to really, truly see like Jesus accepts me as I am. Um, and with that, like knowing Jesus is eternal life. Right, 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 right. Amen to that, honestly. That's something that I think that everyone would want to tell themselves for those that don't feel like they were enough. Um, mm-hmm. But when you do say, when you say enough, right, to, to I'm curious to know what standard uh, do you mean by enough? You know, I don't even know. That's the rough <laughs> part. <laughs> it's like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Who knows what enough is? And I think that's where the, like, where it gets so judgmental. It's like I'm like striving for expectations that I don't even know how to meet or like maybe I don't even know what they are or maybe they're formed off of this false image of what I thought an ideal was, but I didn't really even know the whole picture right. whenever I made that image in my mind. 
right? Well, the good thing is that you don't need to know what those what those specific expectations are. I think the Bible gives a good blueprint of what it means to live, you know, a fruitful and fulfilled life. But obviously, it, is, it doesn't say, yes, Emily Pennington on March 14th, 2021 must brush her teeth exactly at 9.41 p.m. to be able to go to bed yeah. at a specific, you know, like it's it's not, I don't think that it gives us exactly what we need to do. But I think that yeah. as long as we're able to make, you know, good good judgment calls with what the Bible gives us, then, you know, that's kind of like the standard that we might be able to to live up to. And ultimately, Jesus' standard of how he lived and uh, who he was and kind of who we need to be uh, or how we need to reflect as human beings in general. So um, mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you, Emily, so much for this. This was really, really awesome. I'm very grateful for you as a person. I'm very grateful for um, what you've done in the campus ministry, even though, you know, like, like you said, you stepped away for um, a little bit, which actually I didn't even no, you know, so it wasn't super noticeable. Uh, but like the fact that still, you know, you're able to show up and be someone who is selfless for other people um, and knowledgeable and yet, you know, has fun too. And uh, maybe most of all that you bring Micah to events. So <laughs> that's why, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate it. I think mm-hmm. this is like, like if I was to fix anyone's problem, like I feel like this would be it. Like if I was mm. to look at everyone and be able to fix one of their problems, it would definitely be their ability to rest. Wow. Um, oh. It it just really it means that much to me, mm. and I feel like it's so important. Yeah, I mean it should honestly it should mean that much to, I think everyone you know trying to get this down, super important. So thank you, Emily. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, that wraps up today's episode of the Chosen People Podcast. Please make sure to share this episode with someone you think would benefit from what we talked about today. If you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow this podcast and never miss a new episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, make sure to subscribe as well. This episode is just minutes of your time wasted if you only listen. So if you haven't already, I strongly encourage you to use what was taught today and apply it to your lives. And a quick reminder to you all, no matter what religion or race or creed or gender you are, you are loved by God. It's corny, I know, but it will always be true. He cares for you. And no matter what happened yesterday, we are a new creation in him today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode. And as always, spread love and live chosen.